This is Hard Rock Save the Space Dandy, a retro science fiction podcast focused on Asian multimedia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Welcome to a guest episode. This episode is outside of the normal schedule. Um, it's We will return to season three uh, in about a month, <laughs> kind of depending on, on time. Um, but for this episode, we will be focusing on Parasite Eve, both the original novel and the film. Uh, for my guest, I have with us Leonard, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Faust is dead uh, from Twitter. Leonard. Um, Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me on the show that is conveniently being recorded on the same day that you record your other show. Yes, and for for anyone not familiar, um, another podcast I do is Monster Dear Monster. Um Instead of science fiction, that one's on monsters, of course, uh, in popular media. And Leonard is a co-host on that show. So some of you may be familiar with him. But uh, for those of you who are not, uh, Leonard, tell us a little bit about yourself and why uh, you're interested wow. in science fiction in particular. That, <laughs> Try to make it, uh, a, <laughs> make it a smaller question. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no pressure. No pressure, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm a a. An older, <laughs> near forties nerd that grew up in the eighties, so it was science fiction or fantasy, and I just ended up choosing both. Um, and uh, I love weird science stuff. I like. Uh, I like. Um, I like. Uh, speculative sci-fi i like interdimensional sci-fi i've uh recently been playing remedy's uh new game control um uh, for those that don't know that is a uh, third person shooter set in a bureau that uh, uh studies anomalous objects from around the globe and that is a lot of really good uh sci-fi going on there's a uh, non-Euclidean uh, geometry, there's interdimensional travel, it's it's all pretty fantastic, and that's the kind of sci-fi that I'm into. Wacky nonsense. And I'm on a good episode if we're, we're gonna be talking about wacky nonsense. Yeah, I was gonna say, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. This one is full <laughs> of some wacky nonsense, and a lot of hard science as well, which is good um, after a fashion. Uh, the original novel um, for Parasite Eve came out in 1995. Yes, 1995. It was written by Hiyaki Sena, who is currently a, um, uh, a university professor. Um, but at the time when he wrote this, he was in his uh, graduate school. So it's couched in um, the general um, methodologies and actual nature of studying um, mitochondria um, as a matter of fact that's what he was doing at the time uh, as a pharma pharmacologist that's what he was doing um following the novel there was a film adaptation in 1997 uh, that was uh, directed by masayuki ochiai who ventured after this um to primarily focus on horror films so that's a little bit outside of what this podcast does but uh he he had a good one good science fiction uh, film under his belt, 
um, with with Parasite Eve. There's also three video game adaptations um, and two comic book spinoffs uh, that were made um, after the film came out and after the first, uh, or I think it was maybe in concurrence with the first release of the original Parasite Eve uh, video game on the PlayStation. A game that I am intimately familiar with that was actually uh, my introduction to Parasite Eve, uh, which is not shocking because <laughs> the the novel and the the film were very Japanese, and that was something that was not readily available in the late nineties. Oh man, I am old. Thanks for throwing us both under the bus because we're about the same age. <laughs> you didn't have to tell them that, Dave. Yeah, they probably already know. Um, the The first video game was also released in 1998, so they all came out about the same time. Um, yep. It was the sort of beginning of a um, new wave in uh, Japanese horror and science fiction um, at the time. So this was all... Uh, quite popular and the the game itself um more so than the movie uh reinvigorated interest in the the novel um like yourself this uh, the game was my first experience with the parasite eve um greater i guess universe franchise uh the film i've only actually seen recently i had fully intended to watch it when it came out um on dvd Oh, 2002? So, somewhere around then um, is when it mm-hmm. uh, re- received a inter- international release. The novel I was actually I, it's pretty much unaware of. I may have seen it in mention, like passing mention with um, The Ring when that came out, when the novel came out as well. Um, but I had not read it until until recently. I, I made it a priority um, because I decided to cover this uh, to read both the novel and watch the film. Uh, my intention and for the podcast is to also cover the video game at a later date. It will not be anytime soon because I have to find a way to replay it. Um, <laughs> and that's going to take a little bit of doing. But uh, yes, it's it's on the cards. Um for probably sometime next year it just really depends on time and money i may be willing to spend or invest into being able to uh play this again it's unfortunately not available it was never ported to pc um and thus the options to play it are a little bit more limited uh, without access to a psp or vita or an older like a ps3 um but that's uh that's a side note anyway the um dave i just wanted to say go ahead or or you could be a crazy person like me who still owns their copy of parasite eve and their old ps2 so i do own (laughs) i own a copy of the original um game discs and i have a, do I, still have my, I may still have my PlayStation. It's in a box somewhere. <laughs> and the PS2 has been loaned out. So I don't have access to that. Oh, and the no. PS3 I have is also in another location. So these things are just not in immediate um, grasp. 
but uh, that's fine. They they exist. I just don't have a way to get to them without spending extra money. Ah. But that's again and a complete aside. <clears throat> also, I just uh, I uh, I just wanted to to point out uh, or at just query. Um, so the author's a, a university professor now. Um, how uh, how sick of of papers or studies or reports on mitochondria do you think this man is at this point? Because you know he gets one in every like class that's like oh the guy that wrote parasite eve yeah i'll just do something on mitochondria yeah i don't know <laughs> it depends <laughs> on what his um what his focus is and yeah i can imagine that's the thing but uh he i think he i don't know if he's a teaching professor i think he may be just as lectures um uh, i'd have to look into that and i imagine at this <laughs> point this has been some 20 years over 20 years later um he's probably just doing lectures yeah that's, um, that's but that that's speculation. I don't I don't know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did not do that much research into <laughs> to, to the author. Unfortunately, I should have done a little bit more. <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> uh, so we have the film and the the novel uh, of of both of us. Um, I was able to read the novel. Um, Leonard uh, was watch watch the film. Uh, of course, I also watched the film, but uh, we will because of the nature of the plot, it um, it does not diverge uh, much between the novel and the film. So we will discuss, I believe, the film, and then uh, at junctures, I will interject where the novel changed, or rather, what was not adapted into the film from the novel. Right. Uh, as a general overview, which was probably appropriate, um, what is Parasite Eve about? <laughs> we did not bring that up at all. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery, Dave. No, it, it's it's not a mystery. It's it's about mitochondria. Um, yeah, the 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 power plants of the human cell. If I could, if I'm pulling from the game correctly. Um, Oh man, yeah, it's about uh, how mitochondria are 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 foreign entities that have uh, somehow been integrated into the uh, into human physiology, and that maybe because they're not actually part of our bodies, but uh, we exist in symbiosis with us. At one point, they were probably a parasite, and um, they mu- it might just be plotting to take over the world. That's that's what it's about. It's about your mitochondria plotting to take over the world. Yes, it's a, <laughs> uh, a, a more adult um, adaptation of Osmosis Jones. Yes. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the general plot outline. Uh, mitochondria have decided to rise up. And uh, not only take control of everything, but force an evolution and um, create the new uh, the, 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 the new human dominant race, species. Race of, yeah. Dominant species, yes. Um, and eradicate Homo sapiens as the uh, Neanderthals were eradicated before them. Um, yeah, that is the long and short of it. There's 
the the hows and whys, um, some of which are addressed, some of which are not um, through the film. The film, uh, it's it's not a short movie, um, the hour and a half, maybe. It's like it's like almost two hours. Was it almost two hours? I yeah, I wouldn't even know. I didn't watch it. No, I watched it. I watched it multiple <laughs> times. Um, it is surprisingly only 120 minutes. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so it's it's two hours. Um, yeah, there you go. More than an hour and a half. Uh, half of that time was spent doing science. Yep. There's a lot of science happening. Uh, what this doesn't do uh, is the gratuitous flashback scenes um, that <laughs> I will say probably plagued the novel because the the the, the construction of the, the narrative within the novel was not linear in the least. There's a there's a through line, but um, it, it uh, focuses on the three protagonists um, of the, of the, of the plot. Uh, so basically this is, it, it boils down to uh, Dr. Toshiaki Nagashima, who is our quote unquote main protagonist, um, his, his wife, uh, Kiyomi, and then a, um, a, pa- a transplant, a patient, a young girl awaiting a um, kidney transplant, um, Mariko Anzai. Uh, these are the the main characters of the film. Um, the novel adds an additional wrinkle to the plot and creates uh, Eve um, as a narrated antagonist. So, mm. um, what what the novel brings to the formula is the audience is given clear view into the mindset and motivations of Eve. Um, who okay. Is the, 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 the rebelling mitochondria um, as a single consciousness. Um, this does a lot of, uh, uh, f- I guess, favored work in explaining things and doing some exposition to the backstory, but also, by understanding Eve's motivations, it's it's not really creating sympathy for the mitochondria, but it's giving you a better reason to like dislike Eve. Okay. The the film does not do that. It shortchanges Eve uh, and it's relegates her to uh I guess evil um kill me clone it's it's not it's not um super clear because she's not um divorced enough from she's not really giving you much characterization at all it's like a silent antagonist Um, it's basically what we're getting there's like a small moment of her explaining to toshiaki what what she's doing or why she's doing what she's doing uh and the this while the science is the same um, between the two yes. versions, uh, what's different is the the sort of horror um, that is uh, foisted upon the viewer or the, or mm-hmm. the audience. Uh, in in the film, uh, it's a 
the speculative horror and an idea of this, uh, um, like a genocidal act against mankind. Yes. Like this, this uprising, um, that's supposed to wipe out humanity. That's, that's the horror, um, in the film and the threat of spontaneous human combustion. Right. That's basically yeah. that's basically what it boils down to. Is what the things that are that potentially bad are those. The novel uh, trades in a different horror. It's um, it's a body horror, uh, not just the rebellion of the mitochondria, but the rebellion of the human form. Um, mm-hmm. The I guess this is more evident in how Eve is portrayed uh, in the film. There. Uh, Probably due to costs, they they were dealing with um, early uh, CG. Yes, or, or CGI. Um, it is a vague uh, abyss style CG where it's the, the Eve's form is sort of watery, yeah, a watery, shimmery, glowing. Um, not really scary. They like they're leaning harder on a sort of sensual edge. Um, yeah. For this, in, in not just the imagery, but in the music that's kind of occurring when Eve shows up, it's like sort of romantic orchestral arrangements. They don't, um, they don't. It's not a hard sell on the horror of it. It's trying to make yeah. it like sexy but weird, <laughs> like not. Yeah, it's not enough. It's leaning. It's kind of like trying to balance a line. I think. Yeah, I, it, I, I, they, they don't want to make it too. It's probably the rating system. I don't know. Um, it's neutered. It's a neutered version. It could have gone like the book because the book did not play around with uh, Eve's nature. Um, it is visceral. It is uh, decaying, stinking organs. Um, I guess the you're getting a sort of Cronenbergian... Um, or even John Carpenter's The Thing, that's how Eve is in the book. Okay, yeah. Or if you want to lean into it um, for the franchise, the the presentation of Eve in the video game is closer to the novel. Okay. Uh, where it's, um, it's like physically repulsive. Right. And mentally. Like, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> right. Like Eve in the in the video game, it, you can uh, listener, you can just type in Parasite Eve, and you will immediately get a photo of what Eve looks like, and she's still vaguely like vaguely human, but explicitly not human enough. Um, and yeah, that's that's what uh, the character of Eve ultimately feels uh, like to me because uh, it she wouldn't have place an emphasis on the human form because she finds humans repugnant. So it's all just kind of like organs and nonsense stitched together just to support her existence. Yeah. The, um, the, even the book, uh, I guess the, I don't recall the specific, um, in, in the, the, the comic book, um, Berserk, um, mm-hmm. there's these, it doesn't really matter what they are. They're kind of great demons, the God hand. One of them forms out of human viscera. Yes. And the way Eve is described in the novel is she's 
basically just because because she's just a cell culture um mm-hmm. when she forms into the approximation of um Kiyomi, she, she doesn't have flesh she's okay. like the inside of people but on the outside ah there so it, we go. it's entirely like it's repulsive yeah um but uh she um because of her using kill me as a host so how, what this boils down to is um the the eve in the book and the film has been a sentient presence throughout the, the, the human prior to human history mm-hmm. um, and or the the first human the mitochondrial eve is the the first person who had been uh, granted a symbiotic relationship with the mitochondria. Okay. Um, and at that, from that point forward, <clears throat> all humanity through a matrilineal descent um, uh, spread, or I guess inherited um, the, the, the mitochondria that is also Eve. She's in like, it's sort of ambiguous because she's not in everybody. Everyone's mitochondria isn't Eve, but at the same time are right. It's not, it's not explained fully. Um, but this, this specific set of mitochondria, um, known as Eve, uh, had, um, basically engineered, uh, these situations that happen in, in the, um, in the series in order to transcend um, her status as just a, um, a parasite, as a right. symbiotic relationship. She wants to move past that, but in order to do so, she has to foster um, a, a physical relationship um, between herself and a male of the species. Um, and in this case, that's Toshiaki. Yes. And using his sperm and then using a meticulously crafted um, womb to um, allow the, um, it's not really a culture, allow the growth of uh, an embryo. Um, her ultimate goal is to create like the new, the new life form. Um, but it's not uh, in the film. It seems like that that's her goal and she is there to witness it right uh, in the in the book because she's been cultured from a cell and she's basically just a, a transmogrified um, liver cell culture <laughs> um, she has a, a, a affinite lifespan right um, okay. the the She's degrading as it goes, and she's having to like imbibe um, culture growth uh, serums. They're just things you use to keep cultures alive. She's just having to drink them, um, and she knows that. Well, even or before, I guess during her accomplishment of her creating this embryo, um, she's already beginning to decay, and she's mm-hmm. not going. She's not. She as Eve will not exist. Um, to see this the fruition of her plan. She has to like just hope that it works out. Um, there's a few flaws she finds inherent in that just due to uh, 
the properties of genetics, I guess. The, the <laughs> book goes very into, into very good specifics on the hows and whys. Um, what it boils down to, as we as we mentioned, the mitochondria are I mean, inherited matrilineally. So you get your your mitochondria in your body are always from your mother. Um, your father has his own mitochondria, but apparently, due to science, um, in uh, in the womb, the um, father's mitochondria are uh, they're killed off due to some sort of thing i don't i don't <laughs> i don't i don't remember the specifics but they don't um, it's not a war uh, <laughs> <laughs> they um something in i don't know if it's the uterine lining something eliminates them um as the uh embryo is grown and forms a fetus like they don't make the transition right um, but they're used to form the zygote yes i think that's the correct term. um Eve understands that her her existing for these um, two hundred million years uh, has given her a firm grasp on most sciences. So it's it's right. She just does. She just knows a lot of things, but also doesn't know. <laughs> it's super <laughs> weird. She's very knowledgeable, but a lot of small things I think escape her um, notice because she sees humanity as below herself. Right. It's really just a case of hubris. Um, so uh, what she doesn't take into consideration is uh, she takes uh, Toshiaki's sperm to create the um, fetus, or the embryo, sorry, and uh, uses Mariko's, um, it gets a little squirmy because they use the um, transplant patient Mariko um, as the host womb for the, yes. the child. The movie skirts this. It's just a... It just happens. Yeah. And Mariko's pregnant. Yes, it's it's weird, immaculate conception. Yeah. The novel... <laughs> the novel does not do that. The novel tells you exactly what happens, and it is horrible. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, you can read it for yourself. I'm not going to go into that specifics. It's not necessary. Um, I will point out that they made it. A, okay. It's not any better, but in the novel, Mariko is 14 years old. So it's, it's not great. Um, in the movie, right. she's 12 for some reason. And that made it way worse. Yeah, I also did not pick up on that. <laughs> so the, her age is actually revealed when, um, in a, in like the very beginning of the film, when she's um, she's aligned or not aligned, she's revealed as a uh, RNA, whatever the, the match for the transplant um, from Kiyomi. Oh, when, right. When right, they're right. looking at her patient chart, it tells you that information, but it's not. It doesn't transfer to the subtitles. Okay. So it's just in Japanese. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, but it yeah, is there. I, yeah. It, it's like a, a three. I don't even know if it's on the screen for three seconds. I just saw that's what it was and I paused it and just so I could read it. <laughs> because it was information we needed to know that she was 12 years old. <laughs> so thank yeah. you for making it even worse. Um, film. But... Uh, 
ultimately what happens um, is that the the idea of Eve, she's not human. No. She uses a human form of conception and doesn't realize that um, the 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 patrilineal line of the mitochondria are eliminated in uh, same species uh, conception. Uh-huh. You, you have to be human to get rid of the human, your, or your womb has to be human to get rid of the human male mitochondria. Um, right. In, 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 in um, embryo development. Eve is a different species. <laughs> she is not human. So the male mitochondria DNA was not eliminated in the creation of the, um, the new superior child. The male mitochondria DNA and the, the uh, so in the film skirts this. The book does not. Um, the, <laughs> the book sort of culminates with the creation of this new superior race. The baby is born. Uh, it grows into people's, you know, adult human size in like a minute, two minutes. Okay. And is a um, sort of hyper-sexualized Eve, not clone, but just spin-off, I guess. So okay. It resembles Eve or uh, Kiyomi, but just like a the, the better version um, right. There's, there's no imperfections that last for a few seconds um, until the uh, at the same time um, the male mitochondria also developed or underwent that super um, that, that the hyper growth and uh, was also sentient because their mitochondria hand wave um, <laughs> and just, and were warring in the body of the um, new new type the ultimate um, being yes the ultimate being and uh, they they shift in form back and forth between a male and female form, uh, and then an amalgam, and then a kind of blobby thing, <laughs> and ultimately um, uh, begin decaying because they're they're just they're fighting over the body and they can't sustain a um, uh, stable form, right. So that, uh, basically, that sounds- it, it kind of ends at that point. Um, a couple other things happen. I'll um, talk about those in a little bit. So the the overall plot is that Eve is trying to, of course, create this revolution um, and new people. the The film it leaves it uh, like a dangling thread. It's not even like a, a good one. The <laughs> yeah. Eve uh, is defeated um, for no reason by the power of love. It's is it <laughs> because she the movie gets confu- she gets confused. So. She gets confused. <laughs> the good music comes on, and um, Toshiaki um, just ignites both of them on accident <laughs> or by design. Can't tell. It's very ambiguous. Um, Mariko is left to be the progenitor of the new race because they totally just forget that she's pregnant and the movie just ends. 
Yep. And it's not even like a um, uh, horror movie kind of sting where it's like focusing on the character and going, oh, no, the possibilities is that there could be a sequel. It doesn't. It just ignores that Eve just said that she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing implying that when Eve dies, the um, the the embryo would also be destroyed. I think I think that's probably what they were going for, but they just, forgot. They forgot just, to mention it. <laughs> they forgot to mention it and just assumed that the audience would just get that by implication. Yeah. Um, we also have we have a few other characters. Uh, the the in the film the other most appearing. That's great English. Um, <laughs> Toshiaki's research assistant, sort of research assistant, is um. Uh, Sachiko Asakura. Um, she is working on her uh, master's degree um, in the field of something. She yep. also does mitochondrial science. of science. Is she's doing <laughs> science um, and also mitochondrial research because she's working under um, Dr. Nakashima. Uh, her role in the film is a sort of a dual role. She's a, a disregarding the research assistant part she is also the 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 prophet the harbinger of doom to the human race uh she was invaded unwillingly by um eve and possessed and her using her platform of defending her in the book it's her defending her master's thesis um present presenting her thesis uh in the film she's just at a presentation Yes. And um, it's a worldwide university presentation. There's a lot of um, other, I guess, noted researchers from other countries there at this, whatever this huge presentation is. And um, she yeah, it's basically that, uh, Science uh, UN. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she uses that platform to announce um, that humanity is doomed um, and that the mighty country will rise up uh, before being discarded. Uh, like a a sort of a wet tissue. Um, (laughs) And then her character really isn't made use of, but she kind of tags along uh, to the hospital when they're tracking down Eve and trying to find um, the the donor who's uh, Mariko. Yes. Um, And then she carries Mariko off at the the end of the credits. So it's it's a little more... She's a little more involved um, than in the novel, to a degree. Really? Yes. Okay. So, where that uh, everything leading up to that conference um, is roughly the same. She's possessed by Eve. It's um, again the novel doesn't play around. It doesn't go with like a little. Uh, uh, so in in the film, it's a little drop of Eve going into her yeah. ear, like it's a little uh, like a water droplet size. It's very small. Um, enough to to take over her body or at least control her brain like plankton um (laughs) in the novel it is a person-sized glob that goes down her throat so it's all bad (laughs) right (laughs) it's framed in a very specific way um Mm -hmm. uh it, uh, it it's bad but um at the conference she does the same kind of speech uh, and Toshiaki has a little bit more, um, because Eve has a 
agenda and mm-hmm. a, and is granted a point of view. Um, we understand that she's actually in love with Toshiaki. <laughs> okay. Um, because of what he can do for her is ah. ostensibly the reason. Um, but her having merged with um, Kiyomi over the years and having been intimate with Toshiaki on multiple occasions has developed feelings and or just other priorities um, in regard to Toshiaki. So Toshiaki has a little bit more agency when he's denying Eve Mm -hmm. because it either pauses her or makes her mad. You get like two reactions. So she'll she'll give him a little bit of, she gives him a little bit more leeway, even though he's a human. Okay. He's, he's higher up on the list, but not, not a lot. Right. Uh, So when she's possessing, um, Asakura, uh, Toshiaki, of course, is objecting to this because he realizes what's going on and he's telling her to stop and stop burning people alive in the, um, <laughs> in the uh, conference. <laughs> yep. And he tells her to get out, get out of Asakura's body. So she does. And it oh. is, of course, the um, – it's just as bad going out right. as going in. <laughs> and uh, Eve's um, – Basically, she's just vomiting up organs is what it kind of – I mean, it's not her organs. It's just what Eve looks right. like. Um, right. Um, and because of Eve being formed of mitochondria primarily, uh, her her general, like, existence is, like, anathema to people. Mm-hmm. Just her presence is enough to, like, distort – people's bodies and hurt them um right and she she has bursts of like psychokinetic and pyrokinetic energy uh so just her getting out of um asakura uh, ends up like horribly burning um the the research assistant um and a bunch of other people around her uh so she's pretty much kind of waylaid throughout the last part of the novel um, because she Mm -hmm. has been burned and has to go to the hospital and is uh, not in a a way to um, do any kind of helping. Right. Um, And the same thing kind of happens with a few other characters. We get... um, uh, We have Yoshizumi, who is a... He plays a bigger role in the movie actually than he did in the novel to a point. So this is the transplant doctor that is in charge of Mariko and both of the remove uh, the organ removal um, surgery on Kiyomi and then the transplant surgery into uh, Mariko. Yes. In, in the film, like with um, Asakura, he's given a, an active role and he is, um, they're all trying to track down Eve, who has stolen um, Mariko's body. Or not right. body, but just stolen Mariko. Um, <laughs> she's absconded with her uh, in the hospital, and they're trying to track her down. So in the film, they use the most sophisticated hospital security equipment ever. <laughs> I've never seen this kind of security equipment. It's it like uh, track tracks people by body heat, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and and includes cameras that follow you or some sort of sensory system. I don't, I don't even know. 
Dave, it's clear that the hospital security system are just predators from the Predators franchise that have have Wi-Fi cameras. Yeah, they just got Wi-Fi cameras that all just (laughs) report while they're stalking around the hospital. Yes, and they include a a, a 3D rendering grid of the entire layout and can track um, non- non-tracking device things um as like pips on a screen um i mean visually it was cool but it just did not make anything like okay dave dave technology in japan is very advanced (laughs) yes even back in 1997 that's right um there's no there's uh no difference between science and magic once they re- once technology reaches a certain point, so I'm just going to believe that this is 100% accurate. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, the, the novel did not have such um frivolities, it uh, because it took the time uh to explain what Eve does when she has Mary go to herself for a few minutes, right. uh, it it didn't deal with all the searching. Um, right. She, she took over um, a autopsy room and did her business. And then they went to the rooftop. No, right. the rooftop. I think it was just in the, I think it, the showdown was just in the autopsy room. If I, oh, really? If I <laughs> because they, they tracked her down there and, and um, it's not really a showdown. It's just her killing everyone. Mostly everyone. <laughs> Cause that you can't, you cannot defend against the, the, in, in the in the book, um, not only could she just give you a heart attack, she could mm-hmm. set you on fire, or she could the one they did not explain because they they took the time to explain theoretically how mitochondria could cause heart attacks or um, spontaneously combust you due to their mm-hmm. just expend all their energy at once. Um, the one thing they did not explain was she does a lot of um, uh, like. Uh, psychokinesis. She's like picking people up with her mind and throwing them, and and she's like crushing walls and dropping stuff on you from far away. You know, just not having to use oh. any kind of physical thing to like kill people. That's odd. It, okay, <laughs> that, it, it that's makes, a new one. <laughs> it makes more sense in what they do with the video game version of it, right? Like the things that the um uh mitochondrial power or allow you to do mm-hmm. uh is what's being exhibited kind of in the novel they're just okay they're, they're leaning a lot harder on the the fiction part in the latter half of the um the book mm-hmm. so that that ends with, uh, as you mentioned with um the eve dying as her new offspring is born um there's the giant genetic um gender battle i guess yeah <laughs> uh with the um the new form and ultimately it ends in a way that the film did with um toshiaki embracing in the, the film it's eve um, and in the book it's the the new form uh saying he, he's basically saying to it the form that um he's he's it's he's its father the mother yes. has passed away, and so um, give daddy a hug, basically. <laughs> Just yes. beco- become 
and they can think of the words it's become one with your father and they like merge and then die so what he's doing is he's um in its in its confusion and its sort of like death throes um the new form is lashing out psychically and like doing a lot of damage to the hospital mm-hmm. and he Toshaki sacrifices himself to like make it stop Ah, to calm it down. It's calming it down, and he knows it and he are probably going to die anyway. Mm -hmm. So he's using that moment to to sort of curtail its um, destructive impulses and get it to just not kill everything in the hospital or or a wider area. There's no, like, set limitation on how far, like, this psychic power is going to expand. Um, yeah exactly yeah so he he sort of diffuses that situation um up until that point uh they the 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 book itself spends a lot of time uh letting you know just how much um he's like damaged (laughs) uh he he i think he can still use his arms, but most everything else has been kind of crushed. His eyes have burst or something. It's it, oh, it gets nice. really graphic as far as saying that like, all the these, the damage they they receive at the hands of both Eve and the um, the new form are extensive, right? And, and okay. horrifying. Um, uh, however, um, Mariko makes it out um, instead of the uh, Yoshizumi. He's there too, but uh, I think. I wonder if he gets killed. He definitely is hurt badly. Um, but uh, Mariko's father was there in the novel. And um, okay. he he's probably the least hurt of everybody. And he's able to get his – or uh, he, he gets his daughter out. And then there's like a touching moment where um, he realized that um, in his death throes, Toshiaki was reaching out um, for Mariko. Um, more specifically because Mariko has um, Kiyomi. Um her um kidney kidneys yes. so he was reaching out to like one last um contact with his wife i guess yeah um uh even after all so in the in the novel and in the it's it's mentioned in the movie but um marika or uh, eve when she put in her sister form of herself in in in, in inside that kidney uh, it mm-hmm. had re- it was the whole goal was to rearrange Mariko's um, womb and uterus into a form that could uh, withstand um, the new life form. Oh, okay. Um, in the book, uh, they take the time to explain that um, he, uh, with Eve's death, that um, her kidney. Uh, didn't really revert, but it became Mariko's kidney. Oh, okay. It, so like, she, yeah. It, it, um, the transplant went further than just being accepted organ. It became like its own body. Like when you get, when you get an organ transplant, um, you're basically stuck on, uh, um, immunosuppressants and other things like for a long time if not right. the rest of your life, to make sure you don't reject that organ. Exactly. Um, this got rid of that by turn, by genetically manipulating the organ to be Mariko's own kidney, is what okay. is implied. Right. So, so it's she's, not, it's, she's healed of her renal failure. 
Right. Because because she didn't get a kidney transplant. She just met ma- just magically science magic got a a replacement kidney that is identical to the the failed uh, one. It, yeah, that's what's implied. So she's yes. fine. She's no longer um, consigned to be the host mother for like an entire race because that was what the book was. It wasn't implying. It's what it said. Is right. Eve, Eve wanted her to to it picked. Uh, well, she didn't really pick. She didn't have a. She didn't have a, a choice in who the kidney was given to. Um, right. She just hoped that it was women, um, so it can so it can easily continue the the matrilineal succession of the mitochondria. Um, and then she says, "Oh, she lucked out that it was like a younger woman who could live longer to bear." successive generations of um the new type it's it's horrible <laughs> yeah yeah so that's kind of how it ended up um the the book and the movie also deal with um sort of predestined they're not really dealing they're, they're playing with the idea of uh predestination and fate uh, yes the the movie makes more of a point of it um, what what did you think about that? Uh, I think it's really well. The, it it plays with predestination and fate in a really interesting way, in that it's basically Eve, um, almost flat out saying, "Oh yeah, I've just been manipulating aspects of the human race for thousands of years to." engineer a scenario that works out in my favor so it's it's interesting in well, the way uh, go on does it more specifically um eve is telling toshiaki that the love that he feels for kiyomi and by uh. extension eve is a byproduct of Eve's manipulation. So what he feels isn't real because she just made it that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's messed up. And it's, it's interesting in, in unless you tell somebody they they'll never know. So it, it doesn't matter. Like Eve seems to want to hurt uh, Toshiyami in the, in the film more than she does in the novel because um, she clearly has feelings for him in the novel. And she seems to kind of be like a cackling villain in the, in the, in the movie. She's, she's very paper thin in the film. Like she's not given much character. Uh, And I don't think I noticed that um, the first time I watched the movie. So divorced of the novel in the context of that, uh, um, she's fine. Right. Like it's given enough. But when you get the amount and deluge of character development she gets in the novel, then her film counterpart feels very lacking. Um, mm-hmm. So more specifically, what I was what I was thinking about is um, yes. So she she's claims she's manipulated Toshiaki, and that's the the crux of his feelings hinge on what she's done and made Kiyomi say. Um, to appeal to Toshiaki. Yes. Uh, her, the reason that she 
in as far as the film is concerned, I think the reason that she freezes up at the end and allows Toshiaki to like immolate her um, is because he tells her that, her, uh, yes, she may have manipulated him into liking Kiyomi maybe more than he already did because he had met Kiyomi prior to that without mm-hmm. like him really knowing who it was and without Kiyomi knowing who he was. Right. And had fallen in love, you know, it was that love at first sight kind of implication. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it meant for Eve that her um, her control over the situation was less than she thought. And her all of her careful manipulations weren't this fake predestination. It was already a set thing. Mm-hmm. So that that like de destabilized her and kind of removed her power base, her confidence in what she was doing, just long enough for her, basically she's confused at herself. Right, you're right. You know, yes, and, because she, you know, Toshiaki took advantage of that. Yeah, she because now she's now questioning whether or not her plan, whether or not all yeah, like you said, all of this careful manipulation that she thinks that she's been been executing mm-hmm. is actually uh the result of of anything that she's done yeah uh, it calls into question her agency which is yeah. is a yeah it's a big thing uh, because yeah. that the, the whole movie deals with agency um less so than the book um mm-hmm. the the book it's taking away everyone's agency left and right all the time right. horribly mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> But what it what the book does is it doesn't deal with this uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. The book spells out specifically uh, what Eve has done um, to Kiyomi and to Toshiaki and how she's fostered this connection um, mentally, physically. Uh, and the changes that she made to Kiyomi... In the film, the changes are... Um, Mental only. Mm-hmm. They're just suggestions here and there, or it's Kiyomi um, feeling unease at uh, something that she feels is inside of herself and is potentially like taking over her body. Yes. So that, there, there's that lack of agency in, in the film. In the book, Eve has physically, down to the genetic level, remodified or modified um, Kiyomi. She's mm-hmm. changed her physical structure. She's changed her face, her voice, everything to suit Toshiaki. Yes. She basically found <laughs> out what Toshiaki likes and then made Kiyomi into that person. Right. You know, a bit at a time. Which is... is it's, it's worse. Hor- it's, hor- yeah, it's yeah, horrible. Significantly so, more horrifying. Yeah. And, that, and that's the horror of the, of the book. Because yeah. it, it does that all the time like at every chance it gets it's it's subverting the idea of human agency and the human form i guess Mm -hmm. um and saying that it's malleable when that's what you do not want it to be you 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 want you have the you have set expectations and this is not only subverting them it's like crushing them Mm -hmm. and it's making things it's making like grotesqueries out of stuff that should be a set thing right Set established um, yeah. forms that we all know and understand, and that's that's where the adaptation I think failed. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because if they had gone even slightly more that route, um, it would have been a more effective film. Uh, yes. If, I, if I you agree. had played a little bit more with even just practical effects um, on that level, I don't need, it doesn't need to be the level of a thing. Um, but <laughs> if you had, if they had gone that route instead of abyss, like uh, watery um, Eve, the, right, the movie would have been more effective, but they would have had to change some of the romantic uh, overtones. Yes. And it, because that does not, does not exist in the, um, the, so the scene where Eve and Toshaki procreate and form the, she, she borrows him for his seed, basically. Um, in the book, it's, it's a horrifying, uh, um, non-consensual scene. She's, right. she's literally like, she's, think she's breaking some of his bones and she's her presence on him is it's it's being um from toshaki's perspective he feels like he's being surrounded by like magma mm-hmm. like it's it's so hot and it's the it's not a person's body she's not formed like it she is in the movie she's a blob half person with like the organs and breasts aren't in um, like the same spot all the time. Like it's in, right. in it's in flux. Yeah. She's a, she's a Shoggoth. She's yes. a Shoggoth. <laughs> yes. And she definitely just took what she wanted uh, right. and, and then ran away. Yes. Um, that's how it's presented. Uh, and that that's the same way it's presented when she um, basically impregnates Mariko. Mm-hmm. It's that's the same like imagery, and it's right. horrible. Um, but what you're getting, uh, you you get Toshaki's um, side of it, mm-hmm. and you thankfully don't get Mariko's side of it. But you're also getting Eve's um, point of view during like a lot of these encounters. And mm-hmm. for Eve, these things aren't monstrous; they're um, necessary they're, no they're they're celebratory um sensual encounters like she oh. does she doesn't think she's doing anything wrong which is the good right. hallmark of a villain mm-hmm. Be- because she's rendered i mean like you you can't really agree with what she's doing but you can understand why she's doing it which is important right and um, and the and also uh highlights the fact that she doesn't she that she isn't human and doesn't have any kind of uh human moral compunction yeah it's totally uh, skewed she does not right she, she has her own set of and, and that's what this is about she's playing by her own rules in order to achieve a goal right um but she is i guess if this if this if these novels are calling into question the human condition um, and what makes us human, because that's kind of what they're doing, just to mm-hmm. a lesser degree in the film. Um, she gets the best um, of the physical traits. Mm-hmm. Like, she's able to surpass humanity in a physical way. Right. She is not immune to humanity's failings as an intellectual being. 
Mm-hmm. She 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 got the best of the physical stuff. She's stronger, faster, has mental abilities so far surpassing anything human. Um, but in the novel and in the film, she is still fallible, mm-hmm. like mentally. Like she's right. not able to just she's she's not psychic or um, she can't just see the future. No, right. The, 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 and even she's um, ignoring the emotional attachment that she's formed with Toshiaki because that's the crux of her character in the novel. Mm-hmm. Everything she does hinges on Toshiaki. Everything she needed to do or wants to have done, Toshiaki had to do for her. Right. And initially. Then, then she gets her own, I mean, she has her own agency the whole time, but it's, it's hinging on Toshiaki, like falling for her tricks, mm-hmm. which eventually don't become tricks. She actually, she has, perverted or not it's a, a feeling of attachment and love to tochaki right in in the novel it exists in the film but you're not given context for it so that's i think the failing of the film is to not give us enough uh understanding with eve right yeah, because like I said, like like I joked earlier when I said that Eve is defeated by the power of love, that's what you kind of get in the movie because you don't because you are not given her her point of view um like you are in the novel from yeah. what it sounds like. It just sounds like he says, "I love I've always loved you." And she's like, "Really?" And then aha, gotcha tricked it tricked it with those flowery words whereas there's actually a, a connection between eve and, and toshiaki toshiaki yeah, um toshiaki. <laughs> uh in 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 the novel to, and it's one-sided um in in the film there's no difference for toshiaki between um eve and kiyomi right because, because eve is presenting as kiyomi Exactly. She does that to a degree in the novel, but she goes out of her way to say that uh, it wasn't Kiyomi you were in love with. It was me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the one that made the Kiyomi that you were in love with. So really, it's I, I'm the puppet master. And right. when, when all the times that we slept together or you slept with Kiyomi, I was taking over her body and you were right. just sleeping with me. So you love me, not Kiyomi. Right. Exactly. It is what she's doing in the novel. And and Toshiaki is not um he isn't down with that. Like, yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, Sounds about it does right. Not make him happy. Um he's he's because the again, this is dealing with it's it's a it's a multi-layered thing. It's dealing with grief also. Um mm-hmm. it's dealing with his wife's death. It's the film does this particularly well because it's it um it it's not uh, bogged down by the science that the the book revels yes. in in the beginning mm-hmm. and sensing that maybe that part would be a little bit boring um for the viewer or or just take up an inordinate amount of screen time they decided instead to focus on uh, Toshaki as a psychotically grieving man like he yes. just he loses it and yeah in his grief basically goes full 
Frankenstein's doc, you know, Dr. Frankenstein. Right. And the, yeah. the book talks about that too. Um, but it's not really from his point of view, what that deals with. Um, and the, the, the film ignores um, Mariko. She's just a means to an end for Eve. Mm-hmm. The book, because it's a book, um, gives Mariko her own chapters, her own backstory, her, her flashback scenes. And you get more time understanding her fear of these transplants. This is, this is transplant number three for her. Okay. So she's had an original transplant that failed. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, she had a transplant from her father. Her father gave her his kidney. That failed too. She was done at that point. She like literally, she's just refusing transplant. She doesn't, she feels that um, because her, uh, she did a disservice, I think, to her her father. She's failing her family because she couldn't um, use his organ. His, right. His, she rejected him, like not just on a physical level of organ failure rejection, but Mm -hmm. on like a a sort of emotional level. She closed herself off at at that point Um, because she feels like she shouldn't be alive. There's a lot of guilt and other things packed into her character um, that do not make it into the film at all. There's no time for it. Um, Right. But uh, what it does is gives the time to cement her feelings of if she gets an organ from uh, this new um, donor, which is Kiyomi. Mm. Kiyomi was technically dead at the time. So all she can think of is she is becoming like a Frankenstein's monster. She's Her body is surviving because it's harvesting dead things right. to, to keep itself growing. So in the mind of a 14-year-old, you know, that's – or really anybody, that could be a significant um, mood – uh, deconstructor, I guess. <laughs> she's just in, in horrible depression. Um, she's trying to uh, do her best at school. She wants to just live a normal life. Um, a side effect of the uh, immunosuppressants that she's taking is that um, even though this is her, she's hit puberty and this is her growing period, her body can't do that and fight off infections and other things. So as a side effect of the immunosuppressants and other um, surgery she's having having to do uh she's her growth is stunted okay so that's affecting her um kids of course can be mean so at school they're um they're calling her uh equivalent of like daddy's girl because she has her dad's kidney right you know and other and monster because she has like huge stitches in her side so it's it's those kind of things that the book takes the time to explore and I think work really well. Um, what I didn't care for was the book does, um, as I mentioned, flashbacks. It, it flashes back a lot and then doesn't give, this could be just the translation. So this is translated from Japanese. Uh, it doesn't give a um, return to the present timeline signal. Oh, okay. Between so chapters. It, just, it just jumps. It, yeah, it's just like the chapters are are numerical, one, two, three, four, like that. So you could be on chapter three, it's a flashback. Chapter four is back to the present, but there's no 
indication of that happening. You're just suddenly reading Toshiaki did something. Okay, so we're back in the present now because it's the signal is to switch characters, right? Generally, so that part was um, the the harder part, the harder bit to parse because you're you're constantly being thrown back and forth in time and trying to figure out what's happening to who when. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if I had one negative thing to say about the novel, it would be that in particular. Um, I think we've, we've covered the plot, most of what happened. Uh, so for the film, what, what did you enjoy in particular? Uh, I think, I think the, uh, I think especially because it's been it gives it's given the most attention in the film is uh Toshiaki's uh breakdown after after his wife's death uh is 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 probably the most interesting aspect of the film um coupled with the revelation of surprise I made you love her um I think that that's uh, the effective through line of uh, of the movie for me, um, because uh, like uh, there is not as much science science in the movie as there is apparently in the novel, and um, I think I think watching that happy couple, dead wife. <laughs> To, to put it bluntly, descent into madness uh, uh, is, and then revelation of of haha, I tricked you into loving me, um, is really the thing about that works the best in the movie for me. Um, uh, there isn't there isn't the level of body horror, and once again, like you said, the the Eve is presented as like a a semi-sensual being and isn't like a body horror monstrosity uh so you don't have that aspect of it in the movie um so yeah i would say that the 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 through line of 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 love and manipulation and the revelation of perhaps you didn't have it all figured out eve is the thing that works best for me in the movie yeah, I mean, I agree. Those those are good points. Um, Toshiaki himself could uh, could have proved a um, worthwhile Lovecraftian protagonist. He does have that um, hint of mania and obsessiveness with his work. Uh, in the in the novel, um, it highlights his work ethic um, and his time that he spends with his wife. Um, very specifically, uh, he mm-hmm. he is very busy with his work. He is not home much. Uh, even I think it mentions specifically when they're when they're dating, uh, he only sees her like one day on the weekend, and they watch a movie, and then he's back to work. Okay, so he's so he he's a workaholic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and that is evidenced in the film. I mean, that's where his priorities lie. He he forgot their um their one year anniversary. Um, the uh. I guess the the bit that kicks everything off, um, the little linchpin of Eve's plan is uh, to get Kiyomi to a state where she has to um, donate organs. Yes. And, you know, she can't just wait for uh, her natural lifespan to end and still be an organ donor. You know, she wants those healthy um, 
kidneys transplanted. So she orchestrates uh, Kiyomi's um, brain death, basically. Yes. Um, in the film, this is her uh, being subjected to sort of a daydream um, as she's driving down the road and she collides with a, a truck and then a eye beam grazes her head, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And just doesn't crush she, her completely. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very confused. <laughs> okay. So, so the way that this is presented in the film is that she collides with the car, the I beam, uh, one of the, one of the supports for the I beam on the truck unlatches and then hard cut to, uh, to, uh, um, arriving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Basically, what happens is we see the aftermath and the I-beam has final destination its way through the car window. But then we get to the hospital and uh, Tashiomi asks a nurse, well, what's her condition? And I'm like, wait, she's not. She wasn't immediately dead. And then we cut to a shot of her. And yes, it clearly just like clipped the top of her skull <laughs> because... She yeah. still has a head, so the the book dealt with it a little bit more. I don't know if it's realistically, but uh, in the in the book, she just swerves and crashes into a telephone pole, and the mm-hmm. she her I think her head impacts the steering wheel, and it's enough to concuss her and cause hemorrhaging, right? Um, which they could have they literally had that set aside when she crashed into the giant semi truck. Yeah, um, that was bleeding from her head. There was no reason for the IB to to go through. Like, <laughs> really it's, like, it's really goofy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that that's what sets up the whole chain of events. Um, more so than uh, Eve's initial um, Christmas cake um, debacle. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, that's. I think, I think we probably covered everything we need to cover on uh, the the film and the novel. I I don't recall any other um, large discrepancies uh, at all. the The plot is the same plot. They're just how yeah, I, they go about it really is what's different. I'm really actually kind of fascinated by how much of a deviation in presentation there is between the novel and the and the movie um also there's a lot of stuff in the novel that seems to be stuff that was directly used for um for the video game once again that's where i have the majority of my parasite eve experience and i'm actually really kind of impressed with how much um was adapted from the novel and used in the game um, from from what you've described, and I'm probably actually going to go and end up reading the novel by, myself I, now. I would recommend it. I would say the first third of the novel may be a little bit of a slog because it's it's specifically very highly detailing um, organ transplants, just a lot of science right. things, um, culture culturing uh, cells. It goes into the nitty gritty of how you could probably just do those things by following along with the uh, with the book. Um, <laughs> I had pulled up. Uh, let me see if I can briefly find them. Um, the, 
well, uh, one or two little specifics. The, the, the book so kindly um, provides a uh, sort of index on um, certain events. So in, in the book, this is re- referencing to Eve um, giving someone a heart attack. So she, she scowled at the man and then made his heart stop like she had done to the last one. Uh, and then it, it, this is an aside saying heart disease has been known to occur from minuscule changes in mitochondrial DNA. Evelyn, <laughs> who's the Eve Prime, um, would therefore have to manipulate very little to accelerate such a process. So it, of course, <laughs> takes time to to explain that. Um, this part is also explained in the movie. Um, this is in regards to Kiyomi. The name Kiyomi is a, comprised of two characters, the first meaning holy and the second beauty. When the first character is used in conjunction for that night, um, or with night, uh, the resulting compound means Christmas Eve. So her name is christmas eve which is uh ties in quite a bit to the uh, the first game as well yep um, <laughs> and then so here's the, the 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 bit about um the fertilized egg had received uh, had received evolved mitochondrial dna from eve one Whereas from Toshiaki, normal mitochondrial DNA was transferred, even if in a minuscule amount. But these two sets of genes coexisted in the new life form. The mitochondria in Eve 1 undoubtedly believed that they had facilitated evolution by their own power alone. In actuality, paternal mitochondria DNA also played a role in the mitochondrial evolution. But in Eve 1's mitochondria, um, had, but Eve 1's mitochondria had failed to see this even had to not had not counted on toshaki's normal mitochondria being inherited by their daughter <laughs> um it, there, there's more of course it, this goes into like very specific on why um the patrilineal uh, mitochondria uh, should have been destroyed but still exists um, right It's 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 some good it's some good uh, science fiction from a scientist. That's I I really I do really appreciate that that aspect of it of of saying this is the, this is a thing that happens and somebody's like how could that possibly happen and then they proceed to tell you over the course of yeah. I can assume four paragraphs and then here's a, a short. Um... This is, I'll keep it short. It's a short description of uh, Eve uh, when she, from prior to copulating with Toshiaki. Um, mm. So Eve, uh, Toshiaki had gone to, back to his lab and encounters, um, I think he's just looking to go destroy the um, the cell samples and mm. doesn't, doesn't realize that his um become a little bit larger uh, than he than he reckoned um sort of a i guess a uh it's kind of a callback to uh, not really a, callback, but a reference maybe to uh, alien the first film where they're searching for something they think is about the size of a cat and ends up not being the size of a cat right uh, <laughs> and it says uh um a protrusion in the snaking neck swelled from a speck to the size of a potato um, then moved up and settled above the lips. It expanded further into cheeks. A nose popped out between them. Two closed eyes carved themselves out. A forehead spread out. A woman's face. Thin black hair sprouted like countless earthworms emerging from the soil. 
Toshiaki covered his mouth, at last realizing what was taking shape. Kiyomi opened her eyes. She caught him in her sight. He tried to look away, but their gazes were locked. Um, and then it just, it, it gets a little bit more um, descriptive, I guess. The, the flesh around her neck extended to the sides, forming shoulders and a pair of delicate collarbones. The exposed breast shifted and it, it adhered her, itself to her chest. Another slowly swelled up next to it. So everything is... Nothing's forming in like the same rate, right? You know, it's it's spontaneous growth, and also things are formed with her own ideals because she's not human. It, it takes time to, um, I guess, uh, I'm trying to think of it. An instance would be when um, in the film, Toshaki is. Uh, absorbed in his research and the first time he finds something is wrong is he um he hears like a, a sound um and mm. so he pulls the cells up uh, in, in a petri disc on his um or a slide on his microscope and looking through the slide he sees uh Kiyomi's face kind of forming in the um the petri dish yes it's it's kind of ridiculous but it's it's it, but it's microscopic it's not like a large face mm. in the book um the the face forms visible to the naked eye in the petri dish like a big a big one <laughs> okay <laughs> like i can't like it's a face um and later on um eve is uh she's exploring what she can do with the limited amount of space and um uh material she has to work with because the the samples are relatively small at this point mm-hmm. they're, they're, they fit in a, they fit in a sample dish um so she's like trying to decide what she could form like in a, in something the size of a dish so she forms nah. a, boob, a boob she's <laughs> like this is great i form a boob i, I it gets a little ridiculous <laughs> um, because it's a boob and then then a finger pops up and is like playing with the boob it's like I, <laughs> she, eve is a little goofy in the um her priorities are definitely not just on um creating a new life form right they're like also on satisfying herself because that's what she's using toshiaki for um right. she's using him to satisfy her uh her mental wishes and her physical wishes yeah uh and she's her character they they played it from the central angle on purpose in the film because that's in line with what um eve is presented as in the novel Mm -hmm. like that's her thing she likes she likes the sexy time and right it's however horrifyingly wrong in in the novel like right. not, the, the biology is just not lining up with what what she decides is um i guess in that aspect her agency is like complete like she's not gonna <laughs> exactly. she's not gonna like change uh what she wants for anybody else right to a point because she specifically tailored herself to appease um toshiaki but that's like <laughs> that's the uh <laughs> that's the um the the ends justify the means um kind of kind of thing yeah, I don't. I don't think I have anything else. I think that's probably what I've got for for this. Is there anything else you wanted to address before we finish this up? 
No, I think that I think I think we've covered it. Um, I uh, I'm actually really kind of happy um, that I didn't uh, um, have the opportunity to read the novel because um, it really is seemingly like night and day portrayal of this story. Even though the it, the film and the novel follow basically the same narrative beats, it's it the the presentation. Uh, difference is really fascinating to me yeah. on this one. The film is a sci-fi film. The novel is a body horror. It's a body horror. It's a body <laughs> yeah. horror thing that made it more enjoyable once I got past all of the science, um, which right. I do. I do enjoy, um, but it was like watching a. Um, a it's not even a document. It's the like an operating room thing where you could just turn onto the medical channel and they're just doing. Operations. operations yeah i'm like i didn't want that for a third of a novel um because it's not short the novel takes quite a long time to to get through um <clears throat> yeah but that is that is parasite eve the book and the film i yes. eventually i'll return at some future date to cover more of it there's also a comic book which i'd like to track down but i think is only in japanese um i will endeavor to find a translation or, or something similar because it um I'd like to see the the, the game tie-ins. I think they're prologues um, to the game, or at least uh, they came out before the game, as far as I know, and they are bits that um, sort of made adaptations into the game. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, 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 um, like a pilot, I guess. A mm-hmm. thing that's like a concept, proof of concept, and then they took those ideas and, you know, of course, made it into uh, what we experienced as the 1998 um, video game yes all right um i think that that wraps us up um well you've told us a bit about yourself but where can uh we find you uh if anyone wants to contact you on the internet uh yes uh if you are um looking to contact me you can find me on twitter at dr faust is dead you can also find me on youtube i am a part-time hobbyist uh video essay content creator uh you can find me on youtube at dr faust is dead as well um i just recently released a video uh, detailing why you should play The Evil Within 2, because that game is a lot of fun, and I love it. Um, and I also cover other topics, mainly um, <laughs> mainly video games. And uh, occasionally I will release a video that is just goofy nonsense. Um, but that yes, that's where you can find me online. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh Additionally, if you would like to hear more from Leonard um, and myself and a friend of ours uh, discuss monsters or films or various various and sundry things, uh, you can check us out on our other podcast at monsterdearmonster.com. I will put links to both the YouTube site and the other websites um, in the show notes. That is it for this episode of Hard Rock Saves the Space Dandy, and we will see you next time for Bubblegum Crisis, probably, is what's uh, on, <laughs> on the list. All right. Bye, folks. Bye.